Happy, happy, happy new year. I know we are four days into the new year, but it is still a happy new year. 2021, we're going to do it different. Welcome to episode seven of Who Moves My Back in podcast. I am your host, Kaiti Tammy, and I go by That Girl Tammy on all socials. This week, I am joined by an amazing doctor, Dr. Noreen Guru, who is a doctor that prescribes travel my kind of person. Dr. Noreen Guru is the founder of What the Doctor Recommends and Lux on a Budget Club, which is a traveling club for professional millennials. I also don't think that if you're a millennial, you're excluded. I think you can still travel and join the community, but it focuses more on professional millennials like myself and to provide experiences all around the world. I first found out about um, Noreen when I saw her post in one of our groups that we're on in Facebook where she was offering luxury on a budget. And we all know that I love luxury on a budget. So I definitely had to hit her up. I contacted her and I told her, I need to sit down with you. I need you to come on the podcast. Let's have a talk. I want to find out what you do and what inspired the budget club. And this was a very interesting conversation. I found out so much about her, so much about the club, and also what the doctor recommends. I hope you enjoy the episode. There it is. I, you know, the queues are mad this time of year, I think, I think because, you know, everyone's trying to get orders out and also Brexit. Because you have a, I noticed you have an e-commerce operation as well. So what, what is it? Is it skincare? It is, yeah. So it's skincare. Oh, nice. Um, I actually have a literally. So I have like this is the, the shea butter. Oh, it's raw shea butter. Yeah, literally raw shea butter. Oh, I get God. it from Ghana. Um, okay. So I try to use. That's good. Well, I not even try. I use like all natural ingredients. There's nothing that's synthetic in it, and mm-hmm. I try and use organic as much as I can. Sometimes I can't get it organic, but I try to use organic as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Do you, you hand whip it yourself? I actually don't whip it. Oh, it's literally just... Yeah, so it's like a blend. I used to whip it. When I first started, I used to yeah. whip it. And then one day, because, you know, when, you, when you're doing the whipping process, you have to mix the oils first, and then you let them cool and become solid, and then mm. you whip it. Yes. So one day I was like, hold on, what happens if I don't whip it? <laughs> <laughs> Does it make my life easier? It, it makes my life easier and I actually prefer the consistency. So with the oh. share butter, a lot of people but do sell whipped share butter, but mm-hmm. if you look with the share butter, it's just like oh it's a bit hard now that we're in winter. So it's just like normal the mm. normal consistency. So and I people actually prefer it as well without being whipped. Mm. So okay. it's like let's work for me. Yeah, let's I have, I have a friend. I have a friend who sends like who sells organic. Uh, she's sheer beauty. Cause actually, I didn't used to like sheer butter. Cause I use I'd use it on my hair, and my hair's like well, anyway, it's a whole story. But um, <laughs> using it on my skin, I'm like, hey, now, especially when it's winter, you know. And working in uh, you know working with lots of patients, you wash your hands a lot. My hands are always getting like dermatitis from hand scrubs and other things like yeah. that. But since I've been using that organic. Your sheer butter, like my skin's popping. Like literally, this is me just. I actually thought you had makeup on. 
Okay, now I've, I've done my eyebrows because I was like, I can't look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did the eyebrows at least because my eyebrows like stop here. So well, let me just try and do that. But, yeah, no, this is. This oh yeah, it really is popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'll try out your line as well. That's cool. Yeah, that would love you. Supporting kind. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, with the shea butter. Funny enough, my hair likes shea butter, but I can't Does use it on my face. It? Like, if I use it on my face, I'll break out. Oh, is it? Do you have yeah. um like combination or oily skin? But yeah. I have combination and oily skin. So far, I'm seeing results. I don't know if it's her line, if it's the roller coaster, as long as it keeps me looking like this. And yeah. also, like I feel like my I used to have like dark marks and stuff. That's sort of lifting. Yeah. So yeah, I'm happy to try yours and see like what results I get with that. Absolutely. My aunt um used to use it as well. She used to use shea butter, mm-hmm. and it worked so well. Like she was glowing. So much that people were noticing it. Like, what what did you start using on your skin? And she was like, oh, it's just shea butter. So I think it just depends on the person. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, so I have that. And then I also, I literally last month launched a subscription box for children under four. Oh, okay. Wow. Subscription boxes are so big now. What, What is making them so big? It's a convenience, I think. Is it? So it's just like every month you get a bunch of different products that you can use just straight to you in whatever niche. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's literally it. And I think, yeah, it's so, I think it's a convenience. Like I was on a call yesterday um, mm. and the guy that I was talking to just had a baby four months ago and okay. he was saying he wishes there was a subscription for formula because his baby is on formula and he, it's the going back and forth to the store just to get formula that stresses him out. So mm. it's that convenience that you don't have to worry about certain things. It's just going to be delivered to your door. But then, oh, I see. So is it recurring products or is it different products that you that you would put in the... For my box, it's different products every month. So yeah, the box basically... Yeah, so the box basically grows with your child until they're four. So every oh. month, if they're going through like a different growth spurt, they get different mm. product that is suitable for that stage that interview. oh that's that's really interesting yeah congratulations thank you but let's talk about you this is not about me <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I do, I do get quite chatty because I'm here <laughs> let's talk about you so um so I found out you first you put your we're in the same group on, on Facebook and yeah. you put in you basically promoted Lux on a budget and yes, on a budget club that that was those two keywords Lux and budget. I was like, this is a bit of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of me. I love that. Like I, <laughs> I like a champagne lifestyle on a Lamborghini budget. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best. I need to use that as a tagline. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna like have to copyright that, but not joking. Um yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we connected via that group. I do find that group like really quite inspiring. All the different kind of entrepreneurs and business owners that you can support. I'm literally since about August, I've just been buying black. I'm just like That's great. I don't want my money to go anywhere but Good. to black people. Yeah. So you know, like yeah. Obviously, the standard and the quality and things have to be there. But I feel like. Yeah, it's it's worth it to me to know like I'm helping someone, you know, another entrepreneur's like um journey and growth and investing in that. So yeah, yeah I was happy to connect by that group, you know. 
didn't know what the response would be because obviously when I we were prior to this current lockdown yeah um, I was kind of like yeah you know people aren't traveling but at least let me try and build awareness you know it's been such a difficult year for mm-hmm. the tourism and hospitality industry and you know having only launched so I only launched the Lux in a Budget Club last year yeah and managed to do two trips, which was great. So 2020 was like, you know, the year that I was going to go hard and um, build awareness. And, you know, it's really exciting because a lot of the destinations that we were traveling to were popular destinations, but also some other ones that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Yeah. So, yeah, 2020 was just a bit like a slap in the face. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was kind of happy to see that people were, you know, like really receptive to A, the concept of yeah. having a travel club for, you know, high-flying professionals um, in particular and focusing more on that kind of black and ethnic minority or majority, rather, I like to say these days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Contingency, because I feel like, yeah, I don't know, do you, what, what sorts of travels do you do or what is your travel budget type thing? Um, so I like a lot of solo trips. So before I got married, I used to take a lot of solo trips. Um, but obviously now that I'm married, we kind of compromise on that. So I have one solo <laughs> trip a year. <laughs> okay, you know what? I love that. That's amazing. So, okay, you have that negotiation and you were like, I need me time to So I'm going to need to go away. Oh, that's exciting. Literally. Um, and obviously when I'm tra- traveling by myself, it's easier in terms of I book what I want and yeah. I go where I want and there's no compromise there. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's some things that I basically don't compromise on. I, I, I like nice hotels. Yes. I don't like to stay in crappy hotels at all. <laughs> why, so, why work hard and then go and live shambolic holiday life? Why? Yeah. You know? But a lot of people have think that because you are not in your hotel most of the time, if you're on holiday, so... You don't really need to spend much money on it. I guess that's why. And I get it. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I suppose like the stress of, because um, I suppose like with my background, I did come from a backpacking, you know, I could go off on a tangent here and, and tell you all about some of the random, this was pre-starting medicine. So this is med school life. Obviously you yeah. don't, you're not getting much money. You have to just travel with what you've got. And I wanted to get out there and travel. I was like, well, let me travel on, you know, on, on the budget side of life. And, yeah. you know, it works for you when you're in your early twenties or whatever. I mean, people do it when, you know, forties, fifties, whatever. But for me, I was kind of like, I am not going to be, you know, progress through my career and have off time where I'm feeling more stressed, <laughs> yeah. you know, and things, you know, it, it does matter. Even though you're out of your accommodation, I would never spend like thousands and thousands just for an Instagram hotel room. I know people do that. Yeah. You know, one of these places that you're like, okay, you're not even there most of the time. It's just to get this shot and then you're out. Yeah. But I do feel like there's just basic things that you need and there's just a level of comfort, you know, just a level of comfort and you know, feeling comfortable in your environment, feeling like you've rewarded yourself for, you know, grafting really yeah. hard. You yeah. Know, you, we, need, we need these um, as professionals. But yeah, so I had to leave that kind of backpacking lifestyle because I was like, no. So <laughs> where did you backpack to? Where did you, what did you people say backpacking? I imagine like going through Amsterdam and France and like backpacking through Europe yeah. type of thing. I've, I've done that. I've done like um, some of South America, like Mexico. Um, the particular trip I'm talking about is when I was 
just after med school, we all graduated and it was great because you get this, um, like a four, no, it's even longer than that, actually, like a two month break where you mm. can go and work with a foreign healthcare system. So my friends and I planned this, like, it basically was bougie to budget, I would say. So we started off like, oh, live in the life, live in the life. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> went, went, to, went to the Bahamas, went to Turks and Caicos. Oh, nice. Went to Miami. Yeah, Miami was a bit more, this is middle. We're running out of money, running out of money. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time I was like, okay, I'm going to go off and backpack in Mexico. Girl, it was it was a thing. Like, I remember I had to spend three days eating one loaf of bread because I had no money. Oh so I literally was gosh. eating this loaf of this loaf of bread I bought. <laughs> I stayed in this uh, in this accommodation called Lobo Inn in Mexico, Tulum. And this is before Tulum became popping like it is now. And oh my god, it was called Lobo Inn because there's literally wolves. L- wolves live behind this. I can't even call it a hotel. This place that you stay. Oh, wow. it was the most rundown budget like. And then I, the wolves chased us. One guy got bit by one of these. Um, it's, it's, I, I'm saying wolves, but they're like wild dogs, wild yeah. dog thingies. And then I had to, he hadn't had a tetanus jab. And that was like my first. Oh my, oh my gosh. God, and I've not even been to a hospital and I'm treating this potential rabies. Sent him off to the hospital. So it was a bit of an experience. And yeah, I would never put myself through that as a, as a professional now. You know, there's a certain level of comfort. That's where the luxury comes in. But yeah. Yeah. So where did the idea come from? It, it really came from my own travels. Yeah. So because prior to starting the Lux and a Budget Club, um, I launched What the Doctor Recommends, mm-hmm. which is the world's first prescribed travel service. So as, as it sounds, yeah. So I'm an independent travel consultant. So, you know, I combined my love of medicine and my passion for travel and decided like okay there's definitely a niche here for like adventure wellness yeah yeah to you know kind of empower millennials especially solo travelers because I'm also a solo traveler to kind of get out there in the world and use their travels to try and build that kind of resilience and confidence aspect so when you're going back into your high octane profession I tend to work with people that are like CEOs or bankers doctors and nurses and other people teachers and people like that mm-hmm. um yeah to come back and feel like you can really face your, your work again you know so going on holiday but having that wellness aspect so did that then I noticed you know what there's a gap here because some people are just too scared to travel alone yeah there's so many people that were like I really want to do this they'd consult with me and they're like but I'm, I'm so scared yeah. And I was like, you know what? Um, there's kind of a there's a gap here for me to kind of maybe start a club of like-minded individuals, again, targeting professionals and and those in high octane careers to, you know, you can be a solo traveler, you can be a couple, you can be a small group, and you join tours with the knowledge that A, you're mixing with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you can't just mix with anyone. So we've got our you know, our mission statements and the people that we're trying to attract on these trips, like good vibes only, and go out there and have a really great time, have a luxurious experience, reward yourself for like, you know, your year of grafting. But then also, I'm very much of a stickler on price. I do not want to pay money that I don't need to pay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to pay money. So yeah, I, uh, I... yeah, so, so so that's where kind of Lux and a Budget Club came in because 
also another thing was because I'm a content creator I am around that world of like digital content creators and things like that and I know there was a fast growth of urban travel groups okay I say urban but I mean like you know travel groups that are catered towards um black and ethnic minorities and it kind of was a bit I wanted to go on a few of them and um I was a bit like these are interesting prices to me because when I do the calculations myself yeah so I do the calculations I'm like oh but I could like go and do this (laughs) for this amount of yeah yeah so I was kind of like okay I don't want to also feel like taken advantage of and I don't want other people to feel taken advantage of, you know, because sometimes people aren't travel savvy. So yeah. they'll think that's like a standard, oh, that's how, but I'm like, no, you can get that for cheaper. Yeah. So but then I was like, you know what, I feel like there's a, there's a gap here and I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And try and then put on these really great experiences. Uh, but yeah, at, at an affordable price that most people would be like, yeah, that's, you know. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, Because exactly. your prices are quite reasonable. So how do you manage to make sure you make a profit because that's essentially the reason why you're in business and still provide value and a good price for, for your customers. Yeah. Cause I think to be honest, yeah, it's all about profit margins, isn't it? Um, Profit margins and then versus, yeah, the, the product and the quality of what you're actually putting out. So it is a fine balance and probably I don't make as much as a profit margin as I could do. Mm. But that's kind of with the understanding that obviously with pushing the trips and with getting more people involved. So obviously the more people you have involved, the more you can, um, the more, yeah, exactly. You can sort of increase your, your profit margin and things like that. But for me, I just don't want to be making like a 200% profit margin at the expense of the community that I'm trying to cater to. Yeah if you know what I mean. So, yeah. so it is a fine-tuned balance, but I think I'm managing I'm managing to do it. Um, obviously, I'm in my inaugural stages and only recently launched. So for me, profit is sort of, at the moment, a little bit more secondary to the quality and the experience that I'm actually putting out there. I usually like to find out where people grew up and how they grew up and how they got to like where they are now. And I feel like your story is very, very interesting because you're a doctor, but now you are running this uh, travel club. So how, obviously you've explained how those two came together, but where did you grow up? So, you know, you'll be probably interested to learn that my love of travel came from being a diplomat's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I I didn't grow up in the UK. I was born in Kenya. So me and each of my siblings have been born in different countries. My brother was born in Iran, my sister in Nigeria, me in Kenya, my youngest sister here. So we've lived in lots of different countries. And I think that's probably where I got this... um, this wanderlust from you know kind of feeling a little bit after some time I do get like it's like my body's just I feel like um in in German there's a word for it there's always a word for everything in German (laughs) but it's called called thrownware and it's kind of like where you you have a yearning to go so I feel like yeah having that early childhood experiences of kind of moving every couple of years um and experiencing different cultures and how we kind of had to assimilate because, you know, like living in Iran, um, it was a great experience. But, you know, I remember I had to wear a hijab and I was learning oh, Arabic and stuff really? like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was learning Persian rather. So um, 
so that was yeah that was interesting and I think that's probably yeah that's how I grew up was uh traveling around the world and getting plucked from place to place yeah having to kind of adopt a new almost identity and that curiosity of like oh wow the world is such a big place and there's so many different people that you can meet yeah and after meeting or every new country just had this sense of okay I've been enriched by this experience okay I'm ready for the next one yeah did you ever feel like oh I wish you could just stay in one place because a lot of children Mm -hmm. that get moved about a lot like sometimes um, like army kids they get moved around a lot they feel like I wish I could just stay in one place because in every place you go to you're now trying to do the whole fitting in again. You're not yeah. starting again to make friends. You're not starting again for people to understand who you are. Did you feel mm-hmm. like that when you're growing up? Yeah, ab- absolutely. It took a while for me to come to this level of, <laughs> you know, to, to this mindset and this level of like acceptance of, um, yeah, of some of my earlier childhood experiences and things. Because, it, you know, especially when you don't speak a, a language. Yeah. <laughs> just like... Whoa, I remember like, yeah, be, being in the Netherlands and Dutch and it was like, oh God, what's happening? But luckily we, uh, you know, my sister, siblings and I, we did get put into, you know, either American schools, international schools or British schools. So, you know, predominantly they'd speak English, but I do remember on occasion we were put into a Dutch school and it was just like, okay. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself here. So it did, it did. Okay. I won't lie in the beginning. It was really difficult because you make friends with people and then you're just like, okay, I'm going to be going in like a year. So, okay. You know, I won't form maybe some of these deep attachments. I've actually psychoanalyzed myself because I, mm-hmm. I was thinking about some of my relationships as an adult. I was going to get and, it. I was going to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how sometimes like, it's super, super, super easy for me to make friends with people. Because I'm very, I feel like this is something I learned as a child was, okay, you're going to, you know, you're going to sink or swim. You're going to have to be like the funny, clever, you know, jokey, whatever, get on with people fast. But then actually preserving relationships over time can can be something that, you know, I find a little bit difficult. Yeah. And I get that. I can see why that would be because your childhood was not used to that. You're being, you're you're losing your friends. And back then we didn't have the Facebook or the Twitters or however now kids stay in touch. You literally would be, that's it, you're gone. Maybe write one or two letters and then my best friend, I'm like my best friend in the Netherlands. I fit to be honest, it was kind of, as I said, sink, sink or swim. And I think I just adopted the mentality that, you know what, there's perks to being a new kid sometimes Mm. because there's that level of like excitement. And I feel like I would adopt a different personas mm. um, and things like that yeah I get to reinvent <laughs> myself I get to okay I'm gonna you know which can be detrimental because I feel like in my teens it did lead me to having this chiasm of like who I thought I was and who who am I becoming like who am I I have to go somewhere and then adopt them like but who am I you know mm. where's, where's my sense of um, of identity type of thing so actually yeah that that did affect me in my teens yeah. I would say yeah so when when did you settle here um so came came here when I was about 12 years old and then we stayed here consistently so yeah oh. a lot of the moving was prior to the age of sort of 12 or starting year seven year yeah. eight yeah. okay cool I, I came here around more or less the same time I came when I was 13 Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I hadn't moved around. So it was literally just straight from Zimbabwe. And then I came here and 
I've okay. left since, but I still <laughs> have that itch to to leave. I don't I don't know where that comes from because for me we can see where it comes from, you know. But for me, it's just like every now and then, like this year was hard. I'm sure it was hard for you as well. The fact that you couldn't go anywhere. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> I need to go. I need to leave. I need to. <laughs> I need to just get but out. To not this is it. And you know, some I think. Did you find this? Like some people would be like, "Oh, but well, just just go and like travel to to Scotland or just go on a staycation." And I'm like, it's not the same thing. It's not. It's not the same thing. So. Because I went to York. That that was my staycation. I ended up going to York, and it wasn't the same. Yeah. There's time. there's something, and this is where you're kind of like you know with what the doctor recommends. Um, this is this is why I kind of use travel as in I say it's travel therapy. You know, for some people, your your form of self care would be I don't know putting on some face masks or shopping or something. But for some people, like you said, that itch to go. There's a lot you can learn from the whole exp- the process of even planning your travels, making you more self reliant and confident when you're out there on your own. Um, you know, for solo travellers or, you know, just that excitement of like, who are you going to meet? Like, what, how is this going to change me as a person? And how can I then use these skills that I've learned, you know, speaking with new people, interacting, navigating on my own, and then make them transferable skills so I can come back into my workplace or into my own environment feeling like I've been enriched and empowered. So yeah, I try and do that with what the doctor recommends. And then obviously with the with the travel club as well. So I'm always like, what experience can we have? You know, it's not necessarily like, okay, luxury, like, oh, we're going to book like the Burj Khalifa. It's no, there's luxury in the cultural exchanges you have with people. Yeah. In the yeah, in those kind of like unique um experiences that you might not get by yourself or if you just didn't know that that was available to you so I remember like we went to Morocco last year best best trip ever that was like such a good trip I think Um, I need to go back because I did not like it it's really my friend and I did not have a good experience at all at all but then everyone else has an amazing experience so I feel like I need to do it again it was just I don't, I think, I feel like there are so many things against us. For example, my friend has a phobia of dogs. And as you know, in Morocco, there are a lot of just like stray dogs. And yeah. I have a phobia of snakes. So we couldn't, so when, when Morocco, it's not Morocco, Marrakesh. So we couldn't go to that central bit where they uh, the Medina. The, yeah, we couldn't go to Medina because I'm like, I can't be anywhere near a snake. I, I, yeah. I, if I know the snake is there, I can't go there. It was only when we went to um, Agadir, it's Agadir, mm. right? Yeah. So only mm. when we went to Agadir that it was a better experience. But I feel like I need to do Morocco again. Where did you go that's in Morocco? Well, where, where didn't we go? That was, um, I called it the Moroccan Odyssey. And yeah. that's how I planned the trip. Like, like it was, I, I can't even explain how transformative that trip was. So tra- traveled with quite a small group because I do like to keep the travel club to just smaller numbers. I just don't think it's feasible to have that cultural immersion with 30 people. Because yes. A, you're going to be focused inwardly on yourselves and not be able to, you know, branch off and go and experience things mm-hmm. with the cultures and things like that. Um, so yeah, we went, went with a small group and we went everywhere. We went to Marrakesh, we went to Fez, we went to Ifran, we went to Rabat, we went to Agadir, we went to Volubilis, girl, wow. we went to Marrakesh. And then we went to the desert, which was just um, insane. It was amazing. So we, we, I think we traveled over, I'm trying to remember how many miles it was. It was, it was a lot. How were you traveling? Um, 
by coach. We traveled by car. Yeah, by by this like big um big like yeah, basically Jeep minivan type thing. Yeah. yeah. And then we you, you know, you go to a place and we'd stay like two days or something. And well, if Fran was more just like a day trip and then we moved on, because it was on the way from the desert to um to Marrakesh. So it honestly was such a but I know what you're saying because I went to Morocco by myself the year before and I was like, I'm never coming back here. This is one of the worst trips I've ever had, you know, because I was, I was by myself and I just felt like, um, I just felt like there was a lot of patriarchy kind of thing. I yeah. couldn't dress the way I wanted to. Like when I was in the Medina, like everyone's looking at me and, yeah. you know, I was having to be like, move away from me, you know, I'm quite like, you know, but um, I just didn't, I was like, I'm not coming back. But then I had an opportunity because I met a business partner out there and he was like, you know what? Yeah, bring bring um, Desert Morocco Adventures. I'll put out there. I work okay. with them. They are an amazing, amazing tour operator. They will give you an experience. Like they put themselves above and beyond. Like okay. they will put themselves above and beyond to make you have an amazing time. So if you, you know, if you want to go back there, I'd recommend if you want to go there by yourself yeah. or with a group or something like do do use them. But yeah, the second time around, I was like, yeah, Hands down, and then, and then I've been back there multiple times because I actually met my my boyfriend on that trip. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that is so cute. That's why you yeah. like it. <laughs> my beauty, and I was like, oh god, if I if I just written off Morocco, this would not happen. Serendipity, oh well, god, yeah, serendipity happened because I was like, oh yeah, why did I choose to come back to Morocco? And wow, now I've come back. I've actually met the love of my life. Is he Moroccan? He is. Yeah. So is your boyfriend Muslim? He is, yes. So do you have to convert? No, so, you, you know, I think the way it works in, in their cultures, if you're, if you're a man who's Muslim and you're with a woman who's uh, of a different faith, then you don't need to convert. But if I, from what I understand, if you want to get married as a Moroccan woman who's Muslim to someone of another faith, the man needs to convert to, oh, yeah, so to get married in, in Morocco. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, so only yeah. the man needs to convert, not the woman. So you can stay within your faith, and then he can stay with his faith. That's yeah, really yeah. Cool. We have like cool. discussions about faith all the time because I'm deeply Christian and he's deeply um, Muslim. So it's, it's it's interesting, but um, you know, I thought it would I thought it would be something that just kind of pulled us apart. But I think we just have an understanding, like we're very respectful. You know, and I'm cute. He's cute. He's very curious about Christianity. You know, I ask him questions about um, about Islam, and we have that understanding. And yeah, yeah, I want to go back again because I want to find out how or when you decided that you wanted to study medicine. Oh, okay. We're we're getting that deep. Okay, yeah. let's think about this. Um, you know what? So my mom actually wanted me to because I, you know, I've got I've got a Nigerian mum. It was she wants the triad. She wants the engineer, the lawyer, the 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 doctor. But she she kind of was like trying to relegate me to be the in the judicial kind of law. And I know I I feel like um, maybe when I was because I went through a period where I wanted to be a nun yeah. for about I think yeah from ages seven till ten or something I wanted to be a nun. And um, so I was like yeah I'm gonna be a nun. Da, 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 da. And I don't, I don't know why I had that. I think I had this like vision of Mary or whatever. But okay. I think I naturally, when I was in in middle middle school, I was just naturally good in science. Mm-hmm. But I was also good in critical thinking and those kinds of. So it, it you know, I, I had both of those things going on. And my mom was like, you know, you're you're so good with your arguments and you 
put your points across and you know laws for you mom's a lawyer um, okay. but I yeah but for me I was kind of just like actually I'm naturally good at science I feel like I'm more humanities based um in my thinking like I and sometimes I feel like law doesn't have enough of the human in it obviously that's why the humanities have you know that personal connection um with people and yeah just that love of silence science and fascination with like biology mm-hmm. oh that does that why does that do this blah 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 and yeah also I was quite a clumsy kid and I was in <laughs> hospital a lot with accidents a lot like my parents were like they're literally gonna call child services because they're gonna think oh being wow well. Because you're breaking this, you're breaking this, you're falling down this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I think once I was like, oh, I'm actually good at science. And actually, I like the human bit. And I, when I think back on my experiences when I was in hospitals and things like that, it was that personal aspect, like all the pediatricians and the nurses were, you know, kids would be scared of like going to hospital. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to hospital. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what am I going to break down? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, let's just crack that. So, um, yeah, actually, I think I think that's probably where it grew. And then, um, yeah, we're just realizing I naturally am gifted in this domain. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just work towards towards that. It was from a young age that you decided that you wanted to be a doctor. Yeah, well, I would say, yeah, probably after I went through my nun phase. Yeah, <laughs> then, yeah. I, then after that, I realised, like, hey, I, I like sciences. And, yes, yeah, so I'd probably say from, like, yeah, probably age 13, I was thinking about, you know, medicine or healthcare. And then, um, then I was like, actually, yeah, I, I can do this. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So where did you study medicine? Um, so I studied at St. George's in okay. London. St. Yeah. George's University of London, yeah. St. George's. Honestly, it's it's intuiting. Yeah, it is intuiting. Yes, yes, yes. I only live down the road, and um, for me, I was kind of like, if I'm entering into something as big as medicine, um, because the majority of my family are in law or in kind of that diplomacy side of things, but um, so I would, I would be like the first of my immediate family in medicine, and I was like, actually, I want to stay closer to home, so I have that support system because you know, going into it, like it's going to be difficult. Yeah, to, to kind of go through med school and things like that. So yeah, that that was good because I had my friends around me. You know, my friends were studying at like Kingston University somewhere in um, Tooting as well. So I still had those connections. It wasn't just you're doing a really hard course. You're away from family. You know. Yeah. So how did you decide which part of medicine you wanted to? Yeah, I definitely feel like in the UK, it's a lot. They make the whole process so convoluted. <laughs> convoluted. Oh really? Like why there's so many steps and hurdles you need to jump through but um so when, when you graduate you know you're a doctor and it just means like you know you're just a generalist and um, but you need to do further training obviously to become a specialist doctor and specialist doctors are even gps anesthetic surgery that sort of thing so you graduate and then you have two years post-graduation where you rotate in different um, areas you do yeah. rotations in med school but these rotations obviously you're paid and you have that more in-depth to look at things like psychology they make you do psychology or gp or um, anesthetics and things and you might get more of a flavor um, and more practical skills than you would have done in medical school and then then you might decide like actually you know i think gps for me or i want to be a hospital doctor within any of the specialties like i don't know gastroenterology stomach or any whatever like that and then you have to apply then to go into one of the streams. So, okay, I'm going to go into this stream of GP. I'm going to go into the stream of surgery or this stream. 
And then, you know, based on competition, you know, things like ophthalmology, um, the eye doctors is very competitive. Really? So you can find there's like four places, I don't know, yeah, four places in, in the UK or in your area or something like that, like very competitive. Wow. Cardiothoracics, yeah. So it can it can be quite tough depending on which, you know, and you've, you've got to really think to yourself, you know, am I the best at what I'm doing? You yeah. know, you've kind of, would have had to have honed your medical school career. Because you know, the people who go into medicine and they're like, I'm going to be an ophthalmologist. So everything they do in med school, all their projects and dissertations and feet, it's all to do with the eyes. So you're building this. Yeah, exactly. So how did you decide? So I haven't really decided. Have you not yet? (laughs) No, I haven't. So, you know, because, you know, I'm obviously I'm doctoring, but I'm running two two companies at the same time. So I, I did my F1 and my F2. What's the foundation years where you rotate? So foundation one, foundation two. And then often what people do is because it's like almost like natural career breaks that you have at these times. So after F1, F2, you you have to um, find a core speciality, GP or medicine or surgery. So there's like a natural gap there where you need to apply for the next stage, Mm. you know, and you have to do exams and things like that. Mm. So sometimes a lot of people decide they're going to do something called an F3, which is like, this almost like a gap year. Oh, I'm going to do a gap year in the middle of of this um, studying and things where you can, I don't know, let's say you don't have enough um, evidence that you want to be an ophthalmologist. Mm. So you might go and do like more studying in that area or working. Some people just go off traveling. They're like, I've worked hard for two years. I just want to like relax a bit before the next stage. So I did that. And then that's when I, um, yeah, that's when I sort of like started what the doctor recommends and I locums for a bit. So that's working privately. So I was technically self-employed. Then I did an F4 because I was like, oh, okay. Then I've now started the Luxino Budget Club. Um, I always was going down the route of GP. But then, yeah, I feel like after this year, so I was meant to apply for next year to go into GP. Mm-hmm. And I kind of um, decided to myself, you know what? I am not sure because things things are still in flux, obviously, with the businesses. People aren't traveling at the moment as they were before. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, 2020 would have been the year to, to see whether that excelled or not. Right. Kind of thing. And then have an idea of what I'm going to be doing going forward. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm still in a bit of flux at the moment. But, um, yes, we shall see. But I think the good thing that I've discovered is it doesn't have to be so linear, this process. Sometimes you think it has to be a mad rush to become a consultant or a GP. But yeah. I'm always so infused to meet other medics who do a lot of different things. Expedition medicine, who went out to Antarctica to do something for six months or a year, or you know, the ones who do cosmetics and then do X, Y, and Z. And you know, it doesn't have to be this like mad rush because you've got like 40 something how many other years of working so, yeah yeah you know and you want to make sure that there. you choose the right one as well this is it and time opportunity is right because you know if things took off with what the doctor like properly you know um properly took off with, with the travel businesses and that that would be something that I would be passionate about and you know would work part-time medicine and and that sort of thing so yeah there, there's lots of different avenues to ex- explore with a career like um with with medicine so I'm really glad I you know decided to go to med school and be a doctor because that's that's what my ultimate passion is yeah is helping people but you know with with the NHS as it is it's almost like 
the people who are still left are really, really having to really struggle to hold up this this ship of the NHS yeah. and at the cost of their mental and physical health. So it's all about, you know, do I make myself a priority or do I make my vocation a priority? Yeah. You know, you can't have the both, but I'm, I want to have the both. So <laughs> this, this is why I need this time away to think about what I really, um, yeah, I'm going to be doing. Yeah. So what's, what are your plans for next year? Um, in terms of lots on a budget. Oh, in terms of the, oh, yes, yes, yes. So, um, you know, I've launched some really great trips. I'm having a reduced um, kind of travel schedule because we don't really know the landscape um, of what's going to be happening next year. So one really great thing that um, I decided to do was to offer um, sort of refundable trips. Yeah. Yeah, refundable trips in the event of COVID because, you know, that gives people the confidence to book on to the trips to pay their deposits with knowing that you know if the trip does have to be moved or cancelled because of COVID specifically yeah then they've got exactly that they're safe and they will be refunded um yeah they will be refunded their monies so yeah so next year hopefully off to Brazil which is a country I am I love have you been there yeah I went last year by myself oh wow really by yourself you know what? I know I'm saying that and, and it's shocking because I tend to solo travel, but for some reason, Brazil is one of those countries that I feel like I need someone with me. I won't, I won't lie. I did, I did kind of go around like expecting to be kidnapped. I had, I did, like, but you know what? You're just like, if it's gonna, I'm like, I can die outside, like walking across the road. I just, you just have to have this self-awareness of, I'm not going to put myself in situations when I travel solo. So tips for people listening, if you're traveling solo and you're female, especially, you've just got to have common sense. And maybe, you know, if you want to work with a travel consultant or something to specifically make sure you have information about where's the nearest British embassy, where's the police station, do I know what their emergency numbers are? Do I make sure that I have enough, you know, credit, make sure you're not just like trying to Wi-Fi everything. You actually have data so you can call in case of troubles. Make sure people know your whereabouts. Where are you booking in to stay? Maybe Airbnb, I don't know, because, you know, have you seen this recent um, story that happened about the video camera in this in this yeah. girl's room? You know, you have stuff like that and yeah. random people come. Are you going to stay there or are you going to stay in a hotel? You know, so there's lots of different things that you think about. Do, don't, I don't drink really when I'm, unless I'm in a resort. Yeah. I would not drink when I'm um, traveling solo because, you know, you want to have those response times that are like, I've been in situations where I'm just having a fight or flight. I'm just like, Ooh. you know, I've had yep. some, this is a whole different thing. I've had some experiences, girl, <laughs> some experiences, but, you know, we thank God for his, <laughs> for his favor and allowing me to live to tell the tale. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, but yeah, you, you just, there's certain things you have to do when you're traveling solo, but I don't like to feel um, disinhibited about where I can go, where I can visit. There's certain places like, um, yes, and this is actually why with the travel club, I'm trying to stay away from the, like, Mexico, I might do Mexico and that sort of thing. I want to go places like Mongolia. Okay. Bhutan, All right. Yeah. Nepal. Let's yeah. go to Namibia. Let's yeah. go and see Rwanda. Rwanda is very up and coming. So. I've heard that it's very beautiful as well. There, very beautiful, very up and coming. Let's go to some of these destinations that you know people would feel very nervous about maybe traveling too solo. 
So come with a group, have that security of mind that, you know, you're, you're traveling with other people, like-minded people. And this is why I also factor in sol solo exploration, because I understand if you're coming on the trip solo, you might not want to be like itemized and itineraried out to, you know, every core minute. You might want to have half a day or a day where you kind of just plan your own thing. Yeah. You might want to do it by yourself or you might you know, connect with some other people on the group tours and you're like, oh, you're fun. Do you want to go to like the market with me today or the beach? And then you go and do that. Yeah. Yeah. I get it what you're paying for. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. So do you go on all the trips that um, that you organize for on Lux on a Budget? Well, I did last year. Yeah. And that kind of was the plan for 2020. Mm -hmm. However, I do, um, I have been working with some um, brand ambassadors and tour hosts Mm -hmm. So not necessarily next year. I might not be on every single trip. Okay. Yeah, there, there would be like a representative. Um, very fun, very approachable. You know, I make sure that people I work with know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's it's all about having that very, you know, it's, it's not so prescribed. It's not so formalized and prescriptive and, you know, like, come on, we're going here. If, if you don't want to do something, you don't need to do something. The yeah. the overall experience you've paid for is there. And that's why I really like the options of, um, uh, kind of I have opt-ins. Like for the Turkey trip, for example, everyone's idea of luxury is different. For some people, just traveling outside of the country is luxurious. So good, sure. come out yeah. with us. For some people, they want the whole Cappadocia. They want to be rising up at 4 a.m. in a hot air balloon with a, you know, 300-pound hot air balloon. And that's, that's not luxury to me. Mm -hmm. that, that's not luxurious to you. The hot air balloon scare me. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is it. So it, it wouldn't be, a, it's not necessarily a thing like on the Turkey itinerary, which is in September yeah. um, of 2021. So that is an add-in. If you want to do that, we've got a day, you know, you've got an option to either do this tour or... I can privately arrange for you to have this done, you know? So you've got that kind of flexibility where you do feel like you've got ownership over the travel schedule. Yeah. But obviously, you, you know, you're meeting people, you're ha having dinners and things with people. You've got um, several um, tours that you will do together, but then you've also got that flexibility where, you know, if your level of luxury is, like for the Belize trip, a helicopter tour over the Blue Hole, which is the second largest barrier reef in the whole, of, when the, is that uh, trip? whole of the planet. So Belize was meant to be this year. And unfortunately, I'm not actually doing the Belize trip in 2021. I was going to say, I want to be on that. <laughs> I know. Oh, and, and I've been to Belize. Belize was stunning. I yeah, it was. was. Stunning. Um, but yeah, maybe further along the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, so these, these are the options that you can kind of, um, you can kind of get into as well. Yeah. I, what I like about what you're doing is, for example, because I was looking at the India and Sri Lanka trip and, you know, I'm thinking Ooh, about that that's one. Popular, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's because I've always wanted to go, but I don't know where to start instead in terms of where to go. Obviously, I know the like the Taj Mahals and stuff like that. I know that. But mm. to get, like you said, an, an, an enriched cultural experience, I don't know where to start. So yeah. it's things like that, that because I know you've already planned the itinerary for me, talking about convenience again, you've already <laughs> planned the itinerary for me. All I just have to do is decide if I want to do that or not. But I don't have the stress now of going on TripAdvisor to check what do I need to do and who do I need to contact and all these things. So exactly. Yes, yeah, so I think it's something that's very, very needed. But I want to know 
how yes. obviously you have your target market which is professionals but how do mm. you find those people and how do I find get them, them to sign well, we I find them via Facebook groups so that's how you found about <laughs> found out about <laughs> me so I post there and obviously this year has been really difficult because um you know the, the the biggest one of the biggest UK trade shows destination trade show which is run by the Telegraph I believe that happens at the beginning of every year yeah. So that that would have been a good opportunity going into 2021 to, you know, market. So trade shows and <clears throat> LinkedIn is a good place. I feel like just generally having a social media presence yeah. brings a lot of eyes um, to, to your page. So it would be those sort of, and obviously you've got paid searches as well that you can um, sign up for Google ads and um, and things like that. But I think yeah. definitely social media plays a part because once people build hype about your product and um, you've got those high visually striking images that really capture people and like a shout out to my head of creative, Muddy from MDKM Media because, you know, he puts together these insane press packages for us. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that kind of entices people as well. So um, yeah, I definitely think Facebook has, you know, it's, I, I think I've been underutilizing Facebook. Yeah. So I think mean, <laughs> Facebook forums is is the way to go. Yeah, those, yeah, those groups, honestly, they help so much. I know people say that play, Facebook is played out and it's played out for some things. But when it comes to groups and connecting, Facebook is still the place. Facebook is king. Exactly, exactly. Because you've got those Facebook forums and things. So yeah, that's definitely, I've underutilized it. But yeah, that's typically where I tend to, um, you know, find people who want to connect and come on the trips. But there's loads of different ways that you can do that. Yeah. And your next trip, I was checking on your website, your next trip is the Cape Town one. Yes. So are you going on that one? Yeah, so so I'm I'm hoping to be on the Cape Town. Well, to be honest, I'm I'm hoping to be on all the trips. However, this year I'm not locoming. I'm actually okay. working with uh, yeah, I'm working with the private. If I was locoming, I would just you know go flexible. go here there. It's flexible, it's fine. But um, I'm actually working with a private medical company. So um, at the moment, I know I'll be on the Brazil trip, and I know I'll be on the Cape Town trip. And, and the Philippines trip. So the Philippines retreat, I'm just like, that's the most popular trip. Oh, really? And yes. So there's a specific focus for the end of year trips. And I came up with this idea for release and restore retreats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of these, and it's all focused on wellness again, but adventure wellness. So finding an amazing destination Philippines is like insanely beautiful and also it's home to somewhere called the farm the farm at San Benito so they are one of the best kind of wellness retreats um places in the Philippines um yeah so the idea with these end of year retreats is you know you've had a phenomenal year and you're going to reward yourself with a really great trip but also there's this focus on you know, the year can hold a lot of like angst for people, a lot of stress, especially for professional, you know, you've gone through different experiences and things like that. And it's a chance to release. There's, yeah. there's like this amazing bonfire or releasing part, party where you kind of write down things that have been holding you back this year. You know, it's the end of the year. You want to move into the next year strong. You write it down, burn it in this bonfire, have this like massive party and that, that's your releasing um, aspect. And then the restoration is via all the amazing experiences, the, um, um, like swimming with whale sharks. 
Oh, which is wow. one of the highlights of the of the Philippines retreat. Yeah. And um, yeah. So, so that that's, sounds really good. I think I'm going to have a look at that. That's end of you 20, need to come 2021. With, you need to yeah, come, come with your, um, come with hubby. Yeah. But welcome, like, is, um, couples as well. I feel like Lux is going to make me broke. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. But you know what? You, you save in the long run because, you know, at the end of the day, like you get, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. When you look at, yeah, when you compare um, prices with some other companies, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that, that is a lot of, like that India Sri Lanka trip, people would market that at the price I have it for just India. Yeah, because it's very cheap. It's a very, yeah. very good price. Like I said, I'm all about that, you know, yeah, get, getting the best bang from, and I work with a lot of tour operators who are like that as well. You know, they're not, for them, it's it's profit, obviously, I and mean, we are making profit, but you want to give your customers and your clients and the travelers that once in a lifetime experience that they're going to be like, I'm coming back next year, the year after that. I yep. spent good money. Yeah. 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 That's, that's true. Uh, so obviously your plans were affected by COVID, which is such yeah. a shame because I feel like this could have taken off. For me, the way that I look at um, the club, it's kind of like, um, you remember STA Travels? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the upgraded version of STA Travels, because STA Travels was very, like, backpackish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sort of like, 18 to 13s or something, isn't it? Yeah. yeah they're still around, I, aren't they? I think they, they were. No, I don't think so, you know. No, have they? No, they haven't. I think they did. That's really sad. I'm going to do a quick Google, but I think Let's they did Google actually. Oh, no. I think they did close down. Um, they did. Oh, yeah, they did go into administration. They did. Okay. Uh, uh, when? When is it? Maybe not. Yeah, it's just trading. It's just trading. Uh, hold on. I don't want to keep you too long while I read this. But yeah, that website no, is actually done now. Is it okay? You know, the website is actually closed. So yeah, no, STA mm-hmm. Travel did close. Um, I think it was before COVID. So I don't think it was because of COVID. Okay. Yeah. So I see it as like an STA travel, obviously when they were in their prime mm-hmm. and the, but they were like 80 to 25 backpacky and all this stuff, but it's like the upgraded yeah. version, the grown and sexy version of that. <laughs> <laughs> the grown and sexy. Exactly. That that's, I want to phrase it like that. The grown and sexy where you're, you know, cause I mean, trips are very fun, you know, but you know, as I said, because we're catering to a certain demographic, like, a lot of people don't want their business out there, if, yeah. if, if you know what I mean. You want to yeah. have your fun, but you also don't want to, you know, be blasting social media with, like, twerking and things like that. And that's another reason why I started the Travel Club was I was finding there was this period where a lot of, let's say, black travel seemed to be very, very into that kind of, I don't know, twerk culture. And okay. a lot of what I was seeing was very... Um, I was just like, I don't want us to be out there in the wild like, like that. Like spring breaky type like of. Spring, that's that is it. Like spring breaky. There has to be a grown and sexy element, um, kind of counteracting this. Because yes, young fun. You know, we welcome travelers from twenty three to forty nine. Experiences are fun, but there's like a lot of you know, it's classy and you have your fun, but there's not like it's not on social media. Like you know, you might twerk, 
But it's not because of social media <laughs> you're, you're doing that. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you know, everyone's got jobs and um, are professionals and things like that. So I wanted to counteract, um, especially in the luxury travel market. Like when I travel, I feel like I don't really see people that look like me. I, you know, I get the, and then, and then obviously, you know, they see the title and they're like, oh, oh, you're booking in. And I'm like, yes, I'm booking in. Like, <laughs> like yes, I'm staying here. Like, I know I don't have a husband. So yes, book me in. <laughs> You know, so um, yeah, a lot of that was to try and um, get more diversity and representation really in the kind of premium high-end luxury travel market as well. Yeah. So what are the, how do you plan on growing uh, the club? Obviously, I know you had big plans for this year. So going into next year, how do you plan on growing for it to become a household brand, basically? Oh, so now I'm telling you all my trade secrets. Oh, yes, that's what we want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what, as, as I said, it's about connecting with, with the right people. Um, it's about getting your brand awareness, your brand visibility um, and things like that out there via various means. As I said, there's paid means, there's organic means of, of people reaching you. And I really want to try and, yeah, obviously in doing things like this podcast, um, I'm sure the audience listening in are like, sign us up. I'm sure you guys are. I know you are. So, <laughs> so yes, it would it would be great to yeah do do more kind of um, uh, yeah live podcasts and webinars. I know you talked about you want to keep it um, not private, but you want you don't want people's lives out there or their travel experiences out there. But have you considered starting a YouTube channel, just kind of documenting the travel? Well, in terms of exposure. For, oh, you do? Yeah, for, for what the doctor recommends. No, but this is for what the doctor recommends. Yeah. Because that's, that's all my kind of like content creation and different things like that. Yeah. But yes, you're, you're onto a winner there because I will be starting a YouTube channel for um, the Lux on a Budget Club um, as well. So, so that will be exciting. But when I when I say not having your business out there, that's that, that just means that the certain... Um, yeah, certain experiences can be left off cam. If, if you know what I mean. Of course, So it's yes. all about projecting this image of black excellence across the world. Yeah. Yeah, Elevating just changing the narr- narrative, right? Change the narrative, yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. All right, so we're just going to round up now. Unless there's anything okay. else. Oh, actually, quick one. Well, I forgot to talk about this. So also on your website, you sell products, like travel products. Oh, yeah, my passion project. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us more about that because I know I've got my sleep mask, which my son tried to hijack, and I was like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> this is Silk Honey. Oh my gosh. That, well, I'm fair. Thank you so much for supporting that. That's amazing. So yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like 2020 has been the year of pivot. Like if you're in business, you have uh, you know, either you've tried to sink swim or unfortunately you've sunk, but people that I feel like have been most successful this year have been those that have you know, thought to themselves, how can I disrupt my industry, turn what I'm doing on its head and now start catering to a whole new, you know, everything's moved online now. So, you know, like um, some, some performers and people that I work with, like they've pivoted and now they offer like online workshops and online shows that you can have like a Zoom, uh, Zoom room, chat room or something, and then they'll be performing. So for me, I was kind of like going from investing a lot of money into the travel club Mm-hmm. poised for this big 2020 like phew, you're, you're gonna go ham like you were ready for it I was ready <laughs> and then 
Yeah. <laughs> like, with COVID and having like literally near net zero income, I was like losing my mind. Obviously, then yeah, I went through this period where I was working with the NHS and um uh, over the pandemic and was supporting. Then I was kind of thinking to myself, like, how can I? I want to be optimistic here. I don't want to just say I'm done now. You know, like I'm yeah. done. Like how, what, what can I do to try and pivot? And, you know, um, I think when you think about the demographic, you know, may, for some people, even just leaving the country is a luxury. Yeah. But sometimes you can have, you know, if, if you go to a spa break, you, you don't necessarily need to have a plane ticket, but you can have a sleep uh, travel eye mask. You can have, you know, the travel perfume atomizer or one of the other products that I sell and take that with you on, on your journey. So it's accessing a whole different market. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had this idea. I'd had it in the back of my mind, but I feel like 2020 made me knuckle down and be like, Hey, there's a, there's a niche that you're not tapping into. And it's e-commerce, which is yeah. an industry that grows year to year. Yeah. It's um, trying to reach people who maybe not necessarily don't, won't be able to come on a trip, but you know, you're going to trips in other places and you can use the travel accessories and as a, you know, going with a theme, it's all kind of really high end. So, you know, that cultural immersion, sustainable ecotourism and affordable luxury. So, you know, sustainable ecotourism, I stock products like my 100% Mosso bamboo and toothbrushes, just trying to, you know, encourage people to let's stop using single way, single use plastics and things like that, yeah. usable cleaning pads, things like yes. that. Yeah. And then you move on to, yeah, these kind of um, elevated products like the 100% organic mulberry silk um, travel eye mask and pillowcases, because I'm like, I want to take my comforts from home with me when I travel. I don't want to be smearing my face into, you know, I've had some bad experiences with hotel rooms that just weren't clean. Oh, really? I mean, that, that, that's a whole, that's a whole different thing. But, um, and that's actually, I used to do that before I would take my own, you know, my eye mask and my own pillowcase. And that's what I would use in hotel rooms. That's what mm. I always packed. So yeah. it was just me kind of thinking me as a traveler, what things make my life easier? Like my perfume atomizers, the limited edition ones. I was like, I would always buy my favorite scent, my favorite scent. But then I'd try and find like, I need to buy it in the airport and buy a miniature version. But why do I have to buy two separate perfumes? Then I thought to myself, hey, I can release travel perfume atomizers where you, you know, it's got, it's refillable. Yeah. You just pour your own perfume into it and you've got your miniature to take around with you yeah you know looks, and you're looks not gorgeous. risking the whole hand it being over 100 mils and then exactly. being chucked. you're not risking that exactly and it's yeah. more portable 10 mils it's enough to last you for a good you know seven 10 day for a 14 day holiday yeah yeah so that's that's been really exciting i think that was such a nice touch because when you're booking a holiday you have to now go somewhere else to get all these things mm-hmm. you know you have to start thinking oh do I have this oh do I have that oh I need to buy that but then if everything is in one place you're more likely to just buy it but you're like oh I'm already paying for everything now let me just buy all this other stuff that I'm going to need yeah, for this trip me, anyway let me, exactly. let me pick up my my um, neck pillow you know with all the all the things that I've designed and stocked 
as I said, I want it to be elevated. So like with the neck pillows, it's not just a neck pillow. The neck pillow, you know, it's got the little slogan, love travel. So you're like, yay. Um, And then also it's ergonomical. So, you know, one thing that I hated was when I have a neck pillow and it's slipping off. So I made Mm. it with a clasp. So it stays on your neck. And, you know, when it's flat, your neck is just rolling around the place. So why not add a little headrest? that you can lean back on, you know? So it's little touches like this yeah. that I want as a traveler and I know other people want that. I'm like, okay. And it's sometimes things that I, we don't even think about that we want until we see exactly. it. That's when you're like, oh yeah, this is going to solve my problem for this. Exactly. Perfect. I, I love it. I love this stop. If I oh, could have bought everything, obviously I would have bought everything. <laughs> but no, exactly. At least those options are there, you know, for people for people to pick things up independently, you know, that's mm. a whole different market. But also, yeah, if you're coming on a trip, you know, you'll find um, your your travel kit there. You'll, you know, um, I've even got the 100% Mulberry Silk um, face masks, yeah. which, you know, is, is, a, is a thing that I find so wonderful. I'm all about silk because silk is one of the best materials that we have, hypoallergenic. It's um, very breathable. So if you struggle with, you know, that kind of mask fatigue, yeah, feeling very short of breath and things. Um, use the silk mask because it's it's as protective as a cloth is going to be. It's obviously not medical grade, but yeah. you know you've got that, and it doesn't glide against the skin, causing friction and maskne, mask acne. Which I'm literally like, I, I I don't know what happened. I literally just broke out all around here with like maskne, and it's oh, horrible. Yes, you, need, you, need, you need the silk mask. I do. <laughs> I, I had I had one breakout here, and I said nah. So then that, that's why I invested in the, in the line. And so far my skin's been doing good because it doesn't have that constant cotton, you know? Yeah, just rubbing on it. Yeah, Yeah. it's really, really bad here. But yeah, so I would definitely recommend people to get the silk ones. I have heard, I have heard a few people say the silk ones are much better. Miles better. Yeah, so I definitely recommend them. All right, so... We're going to round up now. So I have two questions that I tend to ask at the end of each episode. Uh, just to get... I don't know why I'm nervous. What are you going to ask? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not big questions. Um, it's just for me to, to gauge what other women think, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's really it. That's really all it is. So the first one is, what does success look like to you? Oh, wow. I feel like I'm successful now. I feel like success to me is just owning who you are, first of all. Like, you know, having that coming of age moment Mm. where you feel just very settled in yourself, you're self-aware, you're introspective. And, you know, and I feel like that will then translate into you having more success in life anyway, when you feel self-assured, you know, who you are as a person. Um, yeah. You know, even even if maybe things aren't going great at work or whatever, you still have that. You're still rooted in yourself. So to me, success literally looks like owning myself. It looks like, um, you know, being committed to the relationships I have with other people around me, being invested in them, um, helping people with my career in medicine is is successful to me, and just being happy is is that I count that as a tick and a success every day when I wake up and I'm like I'm going to be happy today yeah oh I love that and what do you think the hardest thing is about being an entrepreneur oh god there's so there's so many hard things you know in some ways I actually find it a lot harder than medicine really like how can you say that when you you know you attend crash calls and you're you know seeing people with heart attacks and people die and I'm like it's basically different because 
at least with medicine, there's a blueprint. You study and you know, okay, yes, it happens at a fast pace and someone might come in with a tachyarrhythmia or something and you're Mm -hmm. just like, oh no, okay, right. In my training, what do we do? We give this medication, blah, 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 do these dogs, you know? But it becomes like a rote thing because there's a blueprint, you've studied it or you look it up. The thing with entrepreneurship, especially if if you're in a field or you're doing something, especially with what the doctor recommends, trying to find a business model and a business plan for the first of anything, the world's first prescribed curated travel service. Who is my blueprint? Who do I look to? Yeah. What, what, what do I do? Like, there's no, it's unique. Yeah. And you can attend all of the workshops you want to, but, you know, it's it's a very hard process. And especially when you don't have a business partner and you're doing things alone and you're questioning yourself, like, is was that a right decision? Did I, did I spend that money? Was it a good investment? And you don't have people to soundboard off. I'd mm. say those would probably be the two biggest things. It's not having the blueprint and also sort of operating, operating on your own, really. Yeah. It does get for people that are by themselves, like you and I, it does get very hard where you don't have, I think that's probably the reason why I started this podcast because I was just like, oh. I need someone to share this suffering with. <laughs> <laughs> Not the suffering. Well, yeah, I understand. Like, how do how do people actually manage to get through to get through it? You know, the the passion is there, but it's nice to have these conversations because it's nice to hear that one, you're not by yourself. Some of the feelings that you're going through, other people are going through the same thing. It's not an easy that journey. It's universal, yeah. Yeah, and also to pick up on little bits and pieces that you might not have thought about in your business that you can put that you can take from someone else's business and apply to yours. Um, So that's basically the reason why I started this. I think I started it for me. I love that. But it was more obviously for everyone to hear these conversations, but for me to have these people advising me on what they're doing so that I can feel like I can pick some of this up and, you know, put it, apply it to my business. So this, I really appreciate is, you. It's exciting. And I, I really appreciate you having me on here. I know um, it's a new podcast, but I'm so, first of all, the name's very inspired. Who moved my back in? I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, and yeah, I, I, I can see that the lineup, you know, myself not included, is is, is pretty stellar. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to tune in to, um, I've had to listen to some of the business owners before, but you're, you're right. It's having this community who are transparent and honest and are not just put it on a front like oh my god I'm running five businesses like no it's hard it's hard, <laughs> it's yeah. hard. and I, I, I have to you have to so you understand it's hard yeah. running two by yourself all right so where can people find you okay guys you can find me on um on my socials so you can either find me on um www what the doctor recommends so that's all typed out dot com and then my socials are the dr recommends the doctor recommends or with the lux on a budget club you can find me on www.theluxonabudgetclub.com or socials are at lux budget club let's yes. connect yes make sure you follow those two profiles go on both websites make sure you book your trip <laughs> for next year yes. like let's just end let's just want to something next year let's see, do you know what i mean let's just yeah. have some kind of hope and 
as I said, with all the trips, um, we're offering um, refunds and cancellations if it's due to COVID. So, you know, we're hoping that with that flexibility, we will be able to take to the skies once again very soon. We pray. <laughs> we really hope and pray. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I've had so much fun. Thank you so much for coming through. I cannot wait for the world to hear this. It has been a great episode. But one oh, question, I forgot you. to ask you one question before we go. What is oh, your okay. what is your favorite holiday destination? Oh, that is tough. That is tough. One that I've experienced so far or one that yeah. I'm hoping to go to? That you've experienced Ooh. so far. Oh my God, I don't even know. Okay, let's think about this. You know, I hmm. but the thing is, I, I don't think I can pick like a top one. I will say just because each trip has offered something different. I would put the Morocco trip up there because yeah. I really don't. That was just some kind of magical trip. A, I met my I met my boo, you know. Like, so that's always going to make it like, top of the list. Oh yeah, and then and then you know. Secondly, like just the things that we experienced and the people that I travelled with. You know, we didn't know each other; we were strangers, and we ended up being like the best of friends at the end, which is the aim of the travel club. You know, meet like-minded people, and um, so I'd feel like Morocco would be. Let's say there's there's two that I love, and then actually Brazil, just because Rio de Janeiro. I was like, how can you? If I lived in Rio, I don't. I wouldn't even travel. It's just such a beautiful place. Yeah. The people are super friendly. Um, and just that natural, you're just like, wow, I'm really in Rio de Janeiro by myself. This landscape is insane. Yeah. And the experiences I had and that culture. Oh, and, and Belize. Okay, so let's say the three. Belize, just because the, <laughs> the, the culture was amazing. The scenery was dope. Like, I love like, Yeah water sports and scuba diving and things like that it was yeah so so there's three that was episode seven of who moved my back in podcast with dr noreen guru i hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation as much as i enjoyed speaking with her as you know the travel industry has suffered massively due to covid and i am very positive that this year is going to be a bigger and brighter year for everyone in the travel industry as well as luck to the budget Check them out on their website. It is theluxonabudgetclub.com. I purchased their sleeping masks, which are silk sleeping masks, and they are so comfortable. They have changed the way I sleep. So definitely check out their travel accessories. They also have some lounge kits, some loungewear on there. Really, really comfy, really nice. And they also have these silk masks because, you know, nowadays we can't go out without any masks on. And the silk masks are very, very good. As we discussed in the episode, silk masks are very, very good for preventing maskne, which is acne that you get from wearing masks up for a prolonged period of time. Um, so head on to theluxonabudgetclub.com. Follow Dr. Noreen Guru at the Doctor Recommends on Instagram. And her website is whatthedoctorrecommends.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to whomovemybikin at gmail.com and put guest in the subject, your company name. And in the body of the email, please put your name, your company, your socials, and I'll get back to you. Thank you so much for listening. As usual, use the hashtag whomovemybikin.
on all the socials. Speak to you next week. Bye.